Thought Bubble Audio. time to hate watch with us welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who haven't recorded in a little bit (laughs) it's been a minute (laughs) (laughs) yep it has but that's okay because we're back and last time you heard from us we celebrated one of our favorite hate watch holidays of the calendar year which is the really fucking good television award show for nice people only. And we're back mm-hmm. this time with our next favorite hate watch holiday of the calendar year. Pilot Palooza. Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's like a round. <laughs> you do it to like the tune of row, row, row your boat. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Pilot Palooza is a really cool holiday where we look back at the year that was and all the TV that the people we follow talked about, and we decide on six shows that we pull from a hat that we are going to watch the pilots of as if we're fancy network executives. Um, And then we form thoughts and opinions on the matter. Yeah. It's just to broaden our horizons. Understand the landscape. Judge if, some shit. It's great. If you're like me, you discover that sometimes your horizons are not meant to be broadened. <laughs> I feel like there were things in here that you delighted in. <laughs> um, so if you've listened to the show before... You'll know that two of the most important things that ever came into our lives, besides each other, came to Mm -hmm. us from Pilot Palooza. Yes. So this was our third year, which meant that it had, like, a real high bar to live up to. And I think we knew it wasn't going to make it. (laughs) No. I mean, there's no way, like, lightning could strike three times. Right. Um, and I, when we were putting together the original pool of show candidates, I was like really searching through like all of the writing from the year to try to find anything that I felt like could even come close to Hallmark. Jane the Virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that pilot Palooza? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Jane the Virgin and Outlander. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, I feel like we knew a little bit in our soul that we were going to like those shows. We had just been, like, trying to avoid them because we were so scared of how much we would love them. I was not aware that I would like Jane the Virgin. I I feel like... I didn't take it seriously, but I, it was one of those shows where once I liked it, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I just hadn't... The marketing materials had failed me. Let's yeah. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. I think based on its presence in the world, there was probably like always a little part of my brain that thought it might be made for me. 
but I was working really hard to resist it because of the marketing. Yeah. I knew based on, like, what people said that Outlander would be for me. But I didn't Outlander know how much me it would be completely for me. by surprise. But when we put together the pool for last year's Pilot Palooza, Outlander was at the top of the list as being one where I was like, if I'm going to like anything, it's going to be this weird time travel show in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. This year's list was a little sadder. There was no show that came up even in my research, let alone the draw. That, like, Mm. rose to that level. And I don't know, like, when we first pulled the shows out of the hat, I, like, something about the whole pool was, like, funny to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Until it came time for me to watch it. (laughs) And then it wasn't funny anymore. No, it wasn't funny anymore. (laughs) This last man standing. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i guess we should talk about what we what we pulled yes so we watched new amsterdam timeless glow sharp objects vita and we were supposed to watch last man standing but kirsty nixed that one so we watched killing eve i nixed it so fucking hard guys Mm mm-hmm I watched the cold open, and I was like, this is bonkers. So there were two issues with Last Man Standing. It got put in the hat because Catherine Van Arendonk spent, like, all of last year talking about the original run. Yeah. Um, You know, because, like, Tim Allen and blah, 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 Trump's America. Yeah. Um, So, like, to be clear, she didn't, like, love it, but she also didn't hate it. Like, she was clearly hate-watching. It was, like, the real spirit of Hate Watch. But she was, like, so stuck on it for so long before they announced the uh, reboot mm-hmm. that that's why it, like, made it into the hat. So the problem with the reboot is that, at least in the cold open, I don't know about the rest of the show because we didn't watch it, it so heavily relies on you having watched the original run. Well, wasn't it just picking up wherever it left off? Maybe. I don't know. But it, like, there was absolutely zero attempt to, like, reach out to any new viewers, at least mm-hmm. from the cold open. Um, you didn't feel welcomed by Tim I Allen. Didn't, I didn't feel welcomed by Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> um, and it also just was plainly obvious that that was just not going to be my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, nothing was my shit. Yeah, it was a hard pilot palooza. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because we've got stuff to talk about. We have lots to talk about. Yeah. If you guys thought you were in for a short episode, you were wrong. You were pilot fucking Palooza is never short. <laughs> <laughs> I reminded Kelsey the other day that the first year that we did pilot palooza, we had an A and a B segment. Yeah, we were new here. We were so fucking new here. Don't you guys miss those times? Because we sure don't. (laughs) You mean when we sat on your floor? (laughs) Our recording parts made out of grocery bags and pillows. Yep. (laughs) Now I've got a whole empty box behind my mic, so. Look at you. (laughs) Really dreaming big. 
Yeah. We're moving up in the world a little bit every oh, year. Oh, yeah. hmm Um, where do you want to start? I think we got to go in order. Okay. Right? Kick us off. Yeah. All right. You're the one with the comprehensive notes, so you're going to have to do the, the job here. Yeah, I know. I'm doing the job. New <laughs> Amsterdam is a show uh-huh. on a broadcast network. I forget which. Uh, um, ABC? No. It feels like ABC, but could be NBC. Mm, They're kind of interchangeable. What? NBC. Okay. ABC is too caught up in Chicago. Yeah. No, that's NBC too. I don't know. Anyway. New Amsterdam is a show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's about a white savior doctor. Uh, He goes to work at New Amsterdam Hospital, which is in New York, I believe. Yeah. And all my notes except for this one are a lot better, but that's fine. We're fine. Uh, So he goes to work there and he's the new doctor, which is like the easiest possible solution to pilot a show. And he um, immediately gets in a fight with a PR doctor who's more excited about PR than doctoring. Mm-hmm. He holds an assembly where he fires a bunch of people. He fires like the do. entire cardiac surgery right. unit. So there is not if... a single cardiac surgeon left, and they have cardiac surgery scheduled that very day. Right. You know. Um, he then decides to rehire exactly one cardio guy to do it all. Yes. Um... Then things get real weird. (laughs) Things take off in a lot of different directions. Um, There's a psych storyline with the psych guy making some choices about some child. Just, Um, like, the worst choices. Just, like, very, very bad doctoring. Yeah, he's, like, trying to place this child in a foster home. And he... And, like... Commits 9,000 yes. HIPAA violations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just really alarming. But you know he's the psych dude because he wears jeans. It's true. And he's really clumsy. Like, he's not cool like the other doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an <laughs> Ebola outbreak or a potential Ebola outbreak with a child who just shows up and then he becomes a terror suspect. Yeah, because, um, like, ISIS or something, like, low-key yep. was recruiting people to spread Ebola to New York City. Right. And, and the so kid was supposed to go to like, Times Square, but instead he went to New Amsterdam Hospital. Because somehow he knew the name of it for some reason. Yeah, that was not clear to me. Uh, I believe, there were, like, a lot of plot <laughs> holes in that particular subplot. Yes. Um... There's some sort of romance between a cardio guy and an ER chick, but he won't date her because she's white. Yep. Is the note that I wrote down. So there's some, yep. like, you know, trying to be topical here. Um, and they, like, come out the gate with it. Like, they introduce yeah. the two of them, and they're like, booty call gone wrong. And then the next scene with them, he's like, you're white. And it's like, you know, none of us care enough about these two characters for you to do this right now. Yeah. And the only quote I wrote down, I believe, was from them, but I may be wrong. Someone said the phrase, getting our squirrel on. 
Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, I yeah. missed that. <laughs> yep. 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 Ew. Um, we also find out White Savior Doctor has cancer, but he already knew that, and he went to work there anyway, so he's kind of like Nihilist Doctor. Um, what am I missing? I oh, yeah, the, the, um, getting rid of the ER and having, like, a farm stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of the changes that they're going to implement in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, very much your average ER doctor show, and also... But worse. Just, like, firing on every cylinder. And not yeah, in that a good was... way. In, like, a... We're trying really hard to do a lot of things and Let's distract see. you. Here like, look over doctor. here! Look over here! Look what's happening! It's like, no, it's mm. still bad. Hero doctor coming in to change the hospital. PR doctor. Ebola. Terrorism. Psych guy. ER chick. Racism. That's at least seven plot yep. lines. Yeah. That they introduced in the pilot. And yep. you can surmise which ones are going to move forward. Like, I doubt we're going to deal with the Ebola kid ever again. No, he um, was, a, like, a problem of the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, even then that leaves, you know, five, six subplots mm -hmm. that are most likely going to carry forward. At least. That's too much for a pilot. Way too much. You get a big bad and a little bad. I would love to compare this to, like, the Grey's Anatomy pilot, mm. which, f for what it's worth, I believe was a decent pilot yeah if i remember right it at least is like a good standard setter for like this type of content yeah it definitely had a lot of the same like white savior doctor has their first day plot line yes. <laughs> i think that's like the only way you're allowed to start a white savior doctor show right because remember we watched um what's it the called resident. that other one yeah that was yeah. similar but different. This is way more aggressive than the resident. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. Oh, eight plot lines because there's also a thing. Sorry, I was having a different thought and this just popped into <laughs> my brain. Um, Hero Doctor is trying to win back his ex-wife and unborn child. Yeah, and eight. No, nine, yep. if you count the yep. fact that she then gives birth to the child early. No, she doesn't. I thought she gave birth to it. Mm-mm. Oh. No. She, okay, there was well, just she like, almost did. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, you find out that his sister is dead, and that's, like, a thing. It's not quite a subplot, but they spend a lot of the episode on it. Ooh. Yeah, they do. Um. The other thing that is noteworthy about the show is that the only line of dialogue spoken for the entirety of the episode's run is the line, how can I help? <laughs> yes. All I've wanted to do since we watched this pilot is blow slack the fuck up <laughs> asking you how I can help. <laughs> it's literally like a character walks into the room and is like, how can I help? 
And like That's exactly what happens. White Savior Doctor is doing it because he like he popped in to the hospital and he's gonna be a different kind of chief medical guy than all the other guys. Because he doesn't care about billing. He cares about helping people. So he just like runs up to emergent situations all around the hospital. And he goes, how can I help? And they go, you need to slow down. And he goes, I've heard that before. How can I help? (laughs) (laughs) You're a really good white savior, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just, like, wrote down at one point, like, hey, hero doctor, less farmer's market, more HIPAA training, and I feel like that just sums up the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. It sure does. I also feel like I've seen this show before. You have. Because they, it's literally <laughs> the resident and probably house and, I don't know, like, all of the other white savior, savior doctor shows, except they're trying to talk about the healthcare system. As if yes. the showrunners and writers are some kind of, like, healthcare activists, which, like, yo, the hour-long drama on NBC is not the place where you dumb fucks are going to fix the healthcare market. The last medical drama I watched, I think also on NBC, that tried to take on this topic was the horrific hate watch The Night Shift. <laughs> I love that show so much. I've only seen one episode, and I love it. We're going to come back to it, because I made Kirsty watch an episode that was wild. Fuck wild. Fuck wild. Yeah. So, if you want to see NBC, like, take this and then go off the rails with a (laughs) summer series, that is where you go. (laughs) And here's the thing. That show was doing the same shit, like... Pretty much all exactly the same. Like, there's an interracial couple that's dealing with interracial booty call stuff, and there's a white hero doctor, and Mm -hmm. there's not an Ebola outbreak, but there's some kind of disease, and it's, like, a similar idea where they've got, like, so much happening, and you're like, why? Um, But they do it more fun. They don't do it good. Don't get me wrong there. No. But they do it more fun. They make a lot of choices, like, layering on a lot of, like, pro-military, like, aggressively military storylines, and then, um, some interesting, like, immigration-related plot lines. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it goes, this is not the the Night Shift show, but... (laughs) The accidental winner of Pilot Palooza. (laughs) I've watched four seasons. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't realize you had actually like seen it all the way through. Kirstie, I saw so much because it was so bad. That's amazing. But in a good way. I'm in so a good here way. For it. Yeah. I would absolutely watch more of it. I was totally riding a hate watch high after that one yeah. episode. Yeah. So Um the the last thing I wanna say about this show. New Amsterdam. Is that... not, not the show we're trying to make it into. <laughs> Although it's very likely that what I'm about to say also happened in Night Shift. Yeah. Um, so they play, they have a montage at the end of the episode with a cover of Coldplay's mm-hmm. Fix You. Mm-hmm. 
because obviously, has there ever been a medical drama since that song was released that has (laughs) been able to not use that song? But my favorite part is that they didn't even use the original. They used a fucking cover. They did. And so now all I want, like, if I could go back to school and, like, finish getting degrees in media studies, what I think I want to do now is a large case study (laughs) of every single show that has ever made use of Coldplay's Fix You. I just want to make a slight correction to your statement that you did get a degree in media studies. No, continuing degrees. I already have the one. I need more. I thought you were suggesting that you didn't have any. (laughs) No. (laughs) Although sometimes it's hard to know. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But yes, I support that thesis project. Yeah, that would be a good thesis project. It would be so good. Because I think, like, I think there's a lot you could do with it. It's like, why are we using... Coldplay. What are the demographics of shows that use Coldplay? Are is there ever anything different a show has accomplished from another show by using Coldplay? I also would like to see the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, are we like on There's a downturn a or are we like coming back into Coldplay <laughs> being relevant? Is it like Glenn Weldon's um, line? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The nostalgia graph. Yeah. We're in the upturn of the bell curve. (laughs) Please, God, no. Um, Don't do it to us. 27 and a half minutes. Basically on New Amsterdam. All right. We got to keep moving. I say you watch the show. Watch the pilot. I don't know about the rest of the show. But watch the pilot. Yeah, don't, and please hate watch it. Don't real watch it. Well, so, okay, so that's the other part of Pilot Palooza. Will you keep watching the show? Absolutely not. If it ever came on television, would you leave the channel on? Perhaps. (laughs) Okay. Depending on, like, how lit it was versus how obnoxious it was. There's a real Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. line. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the kind of show where if you came in... Like, in the middle of an episode, like, between commercial breaks. Yeah. That you would at least be able to get through the next commercial break before you're like, fuck this. Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. Shall we move on? Yes. Okay. The second show we watched was Timeless. Yeah. Which I believe is two seasons old? Three seasons old? In that range. I think it's three. Yeah. Um, do you want me to run through my notes? Sure. So we put this in the hat, or I put this in the hat, because yeah. it was on the bubble this season, and everybody we follow, like, flipped their shit for about a week. It wasn't as intense as other shit flippings. Yeah. Um, But, like, all these people came out of the woodwork. Um, and started, like, adding each other about, like, trying to save Timeless. Um, and in my mind, it imprinted as uh, Outlander, but with no sex. Broadcast so that's Outlander. How, that's yeah. how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell for sure if it was developed, like, as a response to Outlander or if it was developed independently of it. I think independently, probably. 
Mm. So, all right, I'm going to run through the premise setting real quick. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is the fastest I've ever seen an episode lay out its premise. It was speedy and just a lot kept happening. Yeah. That's like the theme of broadcast in this pilot. Yeah, it's it's true. So, okay, we open on (laughs) what I wrote as Dat Blimp Hindenburg. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right, so... There is Professor Lady and the dad from Gilmore Girls. For some reason, they have a conversation. She's got mommy issues. Um, There's a science lab dude and a chick. And then there's a terrorist attack in the science lab. Then I wrote, (laughs) all caps, is that a time machine? What? (laughs) So, Professor Teacher Lady, named Lucy, we learn, is abducted by Homeland Security and she meets a tall man, very tall, named Wyatt. Um, he's not that tall. He's only 5'10". But he's far more tall than he is hot. Yeah, if you put him on the hot and tall graph, he's definitely in the tall quadrant. Yeah. But he's not that far in the tall quadrant. <laughs> Easy mistake fair. to make, though. Fair, fair. Uh, so they take the shitty time machine to 1937 because they learn that the better time machine had already been taken during the terrorist attack and they are told very quickly that the butterfly effect is canon in this universe and they can't make any changes to the universe but they have to go back and find the terrorists they don't get a lot of direction they could have been managed better (laughs) there's some issues there (laughs) um (laughs) What do you think they need to do um, on their goal setting before their performance reports next quarter? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I hate professionalism, guys. Um, okay, so Science Lab Dude, he is not thrilled to be going back because he is not respected in the 1930s as a black man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's a little hesitant about racism. He's like the only character who I could like really get behind in this show because I was like, everyone else seems a little delusional, but like you seem like you understand what's happening. Right. And his name is Rufus. I made a concerted effort to write down names for everyone in all these oh, shows. Good, 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 good. So, um, Lucy and Wyatt get weird with this journalist in the 30s who has a death wish that she doesn't know about yet. Um, then that blimp don't blow. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so <laughs> they realize they fucked up something here or someone did because butterfly effect. Um, now there's a bomb and they're also in jail. Somehow I missed some stuff, but it's okay. Um, well, tall man she, like takes the captain hostage and is like, "We planted the bomb." Yeah, so that's that's, that's right, that's right. Um, tall man definitely has the hots for the journalist because she's like his dead wife. That's a weird conversation. Um, they escape jail because of Lucy's underwire bra that she had to mention beforehand to make sure we knew she had it. Um, then they find the bomb on the Hindenburg, but they're flying. Like, oops, they didn't realize they were flying. So then that's a problem. So then they have to defuse the bomb on the blimp 
and convince them to land really quick at the same time. Um, there's some sort of an altercation. Some guy shoots a gun and then it blows up the blimp anyway. Um, then the bad, they basically escape unscathed somehow. Uh, the bad guy terrorist intimidates the chick for a while. Um, then the journalist gets shot. So it, it turns out like her death wish was still real. Then we go back to the future. Um, there's a side mission with Rufus and the Time Lord, and we don't know what that is, but he recorded <laughs> them talking. Uh, there's a Sarah McLaughlin cover of Wish You Were Here, which I literally laughed yes. out loud at. Yes. And then Lucy goes back to her house. She finds out her mom isn't dying, and she doesn't have a sister anymore. And then she's basically like, I've made a huge mistake. And then they basically get a call to go somewhere else. So it's like, <clears throat> not only is the butterfly, <laughs> it was so good, not only is the butterfly effect real, but also, like, everything is fate. So, like, the Hindenburg still has to blow up, and, like, the mm -hmm. reporter still has to die. So, like, you can change history, but only a little bit. And then, like, certain yes. things still have to happen. And this, yes. the guy, the terrorist guy, needed it to be the Hindenburg because he needed some group of people to be in England for the coronation. Mm. Um, something, something D-Day, I thought, but that doesn't make sense because Normandy was the first world war. Um, anyway, he, it's for the Nazis is why they needed it. Yes. He was, he's got some pro Nazi thing happening. Yeah. So, um, I have a couple of, like, random notes. Sure. I just switched to the other page of my notes um, about production. Yes. I was, a. I don't know if I was impressed or just interested <laughs> that I think it was a 99% Invisible that they talked about the radio broadcast of the Hindenburg. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they basically verbatim took that guy's radio broadcast and had a radio broadcaster there doing it and I wasn't sure if like I don't know that I don't know what they were getting at but it was absolutely verbatim yeah. uh, which was an interesting choice I thought it was interesting mostly because the actor playing the radio broadcaster didn't do a great job of mirroring the broadcast no he was no. like running through the lines way too fast so it sounded it's gonna sound stupid, but you'll catch my meaning. It sounded really performative. It like it sounded like he was um like just saying the words of the broadcast to like check it off the list, almost as if like <clears throat> if we wanted to give them credit and not just chalk it up to bad direction, almost as if it was like, you know, the words of the broadcast have to happen because it's like part of the series of history. Mm. You know what I, I mean? I was leaning more towards like that's the amount of effort that the production put towards like accuracy <laughs> right no i think that's that's more what was going on but i feel like either way it would yeah. have been really easy for them to like pay attention to that and at least be like hey actor you need to slow down your delivery so you sound more like the recording but i yeah. i think they were more just like this happened let's make sure that's there right i My also was like go ahead I was just going to say my other favorite part is when they stick her in her, like, period costume and she's like, 
this is all wrong. This skirt is from the 40s and my bra (laughs) has an underwire. And they're like, it's the best we could do on short notice. And I was like, is it the best that Homeland Security could do on short notice? Or is it the best (laughs) that NBC could do on short notice? I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was, like, almost impressed by how much time they could spend in, like, two different set pieces. Yeah. Like, they did not try hard to build out their location. No. (laughs) They had, like, a soundstage with a time machine that kind of looks like a minion. And then they put it on, like, a different green screen (laughs) background. And then they had a little town set up that they used, like, for one bit, and then the rest of it was on that airfield. Right. And they just... It was... I felt like we were there forever. (laughs) We were. One fun thing I just learned is that um, they chose the Hindenburg in the pilot for financial reasons because they (laughs) they knew that they would get a little bit more production budget for the pilot than they would for later episodes. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) So the director said, let's do the most expensive idea that we can think of because they're not going to let us do it later on in the series. And so the direct quote says, so we were like, all right, let's crash a freaking blimp. Oh, no. (laughs) Nothing has made me want to watch more of this show more. (laughs) I know. You're looking down the barrel of a bunch of green light meetings and focus grouping and whatnot. And you say, I want to spend a lot of money, but I also want it to be cool as fuck. What about (laughs) a blimp? I can't tell if the Daves would, like, go down that route or if they would make fun of that route. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. So good. Um, they were absolutely worse time travelers than Claire. Oh my god, nightmare time travelers. Nightmare. Although I did appreciate when she was like, we're from General Hospital. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was really good. It's was like, oh, this is the type of time travel show we're on. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. They're, like, um, so the, the reporter lady is supposed to die in the Hindenburg, and the history lady knows it, but the tall but not hot guy finds yeah. this out and is upset because it's somehow his wife, and he's like, you're just going to let her die? Because she talked to her, but didn't tell her that she was going to die in the Hindenburg. And she's like, we can't change history, shrug emoji. Mm-hmm. And then he spends the rest of the episode running around trying to keep her from dying in various different ways. Yeah. And, like, really just fucks the whole thing up. Yeah. Also, at one point, I could have sworn I heard another character say the line to him, like, something about his timeline. And I was like, is he a time traveler? Like, I'm so confused. Oh, boy. I missed Like, how that. is that his wife? I, I didn't have a chance it's to get the It's not his wife. Line. It's his, he, like, pulls out a picture of her, though. I thought it was just that she reminded him of his wife. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it was. 
<laughs> so, like, how much was the show your shit? Or how much was it not? Oh, this was totally my shit. Um, I've talked before about my love of bad network dramas. So I've watched Revolution, which one of the showrunners is on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched Under the Dome. I've watched a lot of Manifest. Um, so have? on and so forth. And this is like that, but like more innocent. <laughs> it's very innocent and goofy. And I don't think anyone knows, like, anyone on the show knows how goofy. So, like, they make this big deal about, like, not changing history, coming back, like, catching the terrorists, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of every episode, they're going to come back to their own time and discover that they've irreparably changed history. And at the beginning of every next episode, they're going to be at home living their day-to-day life and then receive a call from Homeland Security that says, you have to go back in time. And then they're going to, like, rush back and go back in time. Like, I'm all in on the dumbness of this premise. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like, it's so bananas it's just bananas that they think that this is anything more than a bunch of silliness right i don't think i would watch more of it but i applaud what it's choosing to be so (laughs) it's like very 1980 dropped into yeah 1918 whatever year it was made in the first half of episode two because it autoplayed while i was dealing with my infant child and then i accused kirstie of breaking the rules of violet police (laughs) and i was like i'm trapped (laughs) (laughs) i was like i think i was trying to feed her maybe but i was doing something that requires all of my hands and there was like a lot of crying and she Mm. probably fell asleep at some point i don't know i was trapped on the couch for like four hours and it's also been snowing here for 10 years and i'm gonna die in a snow fort (laughs) so i watched half of the second episode and it's it continues to be like goofy and silly and if it was ever on i would watch it what was the premise of the second one um they have the terrorist guy has gone back to the assassination of abraham lincoln (laughs) something 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 is that laughable i don't know (laughs) yeah it's pretty silly um, for some reason, he, like, needed to get to John Wilkes Booth. That's, like, not terribly clear. Yep. Um, so they spend the whole episode, like, goofing around with John Wilkes Booth. Um, and, of course, Rufus is a black guy in Reconstruction era. Yep. The South. So that's, that's not great. Um, and so I only got as far as them coming face to face with John Wilkes Booth, but not like I didn't see the end of it, so I don't know if they thwarted the assassination or not. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so it's a show that like we're gonna talk about tonight and then tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and go to work and it's going to drop into the deep recesses of my brain. Yeah. But if it were ever on TV and I was in the room at the same time, I would watch the fuck out of it. I'm, like, a little curious to know about, like, their demos. Yeah. It's not standard content for broadcast, I don't think. No. It's, like, a little too sci-fi and a little too historical 
fiction? Yeah, that's the thing, because there's a lot of other, like, time travel mystery shows that have been on and off of networks, but this is way more, like, trying to, yeah, like, be historical drama. It's, like, trying to do the period piece thing. It reminds me of that one that they were talking about on ATV that's from, like, the the 90s. Quantum Leap? Yeah. Yeah. It This show gets compared to Quantum Leap a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, it seems like it's the same kind of, like, innocent, goofy, like, let's just like, fuck around in time. Was it an attempt at, like, reboot culture, but not? Maybe. That'd be interesting. I think... As another I... thesis. <laughs> oh, so I told you I had an anecdote about this show. Yes. So, um, I had this thought while watching the second episode... But um, the way that they just sort of, like, hop to a new event in time every episode mm-hmm. reminds me of a fanfic that my friend and I wrote in middle school. Oh, no. <laughs> called Bumpin' Up the 1860s. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> the members of NSYNC mm-hmm. get sent back in time to the Civil War. <laughs> and every chapter, they just, like, show up at a new event in Civil War history. Mm-hmm. We we wrote about 13 chapters, and I would say that it's about equivalent in quality <laughs> to this show. That sounds accurate. Which may be my total pick, pitch package to all of you network executives listening to this <laughs> podcast. Oh, man. Speaking of reboots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That nostalgia culture. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, so this is literally the premise. Yeah. Or at least yep. the format of Bumpin' yes. Up the 1860s. Oh, my God. That title is really something. <laughs> uh, there's only one chapter still existing of it, and it's in hard copy, so God knows, like, where it is. I oh think God. it was, like, chapter three or something really sad. Um, but it got lost when fanfiction.net started dumping script fix. Mm. Um, and then we moved it to some other, like, knockoff fiction site that I don't think exists anymore. So if any of you know how to find stuff like that on the internet. Oh, no. Oh, find no. Us, I hate watching this. <laughs> you can answer those emails. <laughs> All right. Should we All move right. on? We got to move on. I know. All right. Glow. Ready? Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Quick premise setting for Glow. There's an actress. Her name is Ruth. She auditions for male roles because they're better. She's discouraged <laughs> about job opportunities. They go to aerobics class. There's some friendship plot happening. Uh, then she gets a call for an audition for Unconventional Women. It's for a wrestling show. Uh, <laughs> then we find out she needs cash. Um... There's a Mad Men crossover event in many ways, um, <laughs> because Ruth is played by Allison Brie, and then the guy who was the TV guy on Mad Men, whose name I never remember, uh, pops up in her window, then they hook up. Um, we find out he's cheating on his wife, and then I said, wow, this really is a crossover event. Um <laughs> There's more auditions for the wrestling show. They learn some moves. Then she gets her keys stolen from some shitty kids. 
then we find out there's a plot twist. Her hookup is married to her friend from aerobics class. Uh, then she decides she's going to develop a character for the wrestling show. Uh, then her friend finds out that she's been hooking up with her husband. And there's this big fight montage. And that is the end of this episode of Glow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> really tried with this note format. <laughs> you, it's so good. This is the best premise setting we've ever done. Mm. I tried, guys. If you turn it into a template, I'll start using it for my notes, and then you guys can write in my premise setting. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so. The thoughts? only thing I wrote down about the show... Is a line from when her friend is leaving aerobics class and um, she's like um, sad because her friend is like a mom and doesn't hang out with her anymore. And mm-hmm. her friend wants her to give up acting and just like marry a guy and have babies. Yeah. And so her friend is leaving and they've like had banter. And as she like leaves the room, the protagonist yells down the hallway, Randy only likes you because your boobs have food. <laughs> yes. Which was both a really good line and hit me on a, a personal level. <laughs> hit me right in the feels. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we may or may not say that in my house fairly frequently. No. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. The only line I wrote down was, I don't have to explain myself. That's the beauty of being a director. <laughs> Because it was some real good shade for Mustache and the Daves and everyone else. Everyone. Everyone. Mm. Um, I was into it. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching it at, I mean, you know, when and if I ever watch content. Catherine Van Arendonk said that the second season, like, elevated it a lot. Oh. So I'm curious, um... To find out what that means. I think I'll just keep rolling with it. I kind of wanted to all weekend, but I had other things to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I I was not expecting to be into it at all. And I can't put my finger on what I like about it. But I like it. I kind of thought if I was going to be into anything in this set, it would be this show. I um, thought it would be timeless. Mm. But... <laughs> um yeah the show is the show is interesting it the thing that worked for me and this is going to come up in the next three shows that we watched Mm -hmm. is that it has some of the like tropes and trappings of like male prestige shit yeah but it's not dark it's not overly serious um it's not like brooding it's got a little buoyancy and it's like kind of it doesn't take itself super seriously yeah i think anything on the like male prestige side of things is going to be spun on its head yes is my guess yeah um can we also just address like the cut on those leotards (laughs) the 80s were fucking wild i don't know what y'all were doing back then but like hot damn you guys made some choices (laughs) so many choices 
It is not a like, good look on anyone. No, but like that, it just, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was like a perma wedgie plus like yep. a, a cut that's so high that I don't know. I don't know. You just, you just got to prepare your body for that. <laughs> it's a lot. No, I am not trying to do that to my body. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. But I really liked it. I really like Alison Brie. And I told you I couldn't tell if it was just, like, lingering respect for Trudy or not. But, <laughs> but I mean, she has a little bit of, like, a similar vibe as Trudy in the sense that she's, like, the long-suffering woman who just wants someone to take her seriously. Yeah. And at some point, she's just having to say, like, fuck it, I'll make my own path. Yeah. I also... Thought the guy who was the bo- the wrestling guy was hilarious. The shady director guy? Yeah. Like, he's doing yeah, his I job well. <laughs> yeah. He's excellent. He's, like, so sleazy and mm-hmm. so sympathetic. Yes. This also had a lot of, um, Adventureland vibes. Yeah, it kind of did. So I was here for um, it. I... I heard someone say recently about books that, like, no one actually reads all the books that they buy. They just, like, buy books that are aspirational because it's, like, you know, if you have these books in your house, then that's the person that you hope you'll be. It's not really a Marie Kondo vibe, but yes. It's not. It's, like, the opposite of the Marie Kondo vibe, except (laughs) that I feel like this show, like, falls into that category for me. Like, I'm going to put it on my list as a show that I watch. Because I feel like it says something about the person I want to be. <laughs> or, like, the media critic I want to be. Oh, But I also only watch, like, one TV show a year. So. Right. I support you. So, yeah. Yes. Take that for what you will. So, good job, Glow. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts? You want to move on? Yeah, let's go, let's go. Okay, I'm going to skip my page about Hallmark Winter Princess. Guys, you should DVR it. We'll Uh, circle back to that in another episode. Off-season Hallmark is coming, friends. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Sharp Objects was next on my list. Does that work for you? Yeah. So before you go, I just want to, like, make a confession, which is that I'm the worst co-host and I failed at everything. And I did not complete Pilot Palooza this year <laughs> because I started I wasn't going to out you. <laughs> it's fine. I started watching Sharp Objects. I can still cut it if it's not relevant. I started watching Sharp Objects and I started watching Killing Eve. And I was like, I can't fucking even with this right now. So there you go. It happened. It happens. It's I feel okay. like it's going to be relevant for the shit I have to say about fake prestige TV bullshit. Fair. And I'm also proud of you because you tried. <laughs> I tried really hard. I I put in, like, a real good faith effort, and I just you did. fucking... It was you did. the same vibe I got when I started Last Man Standing, but, like, less white supremacy. Mmm. <laughs> I mean, take the pluses <laughs> where you can, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 2019, everybody. It's Trump's America, (laughs) y'all. Okay. I'm going to run down sharp objects. It'll be a surprise for you. (laughs) 
I read okay. the recap. I did my research. I know you did. Okay. So we open on a desolate town in the Midwest. Um, there's kids on the run sneaking into a house. It was a dream. Uh, Amy Adams gets sent to Wind Gap, Missouri to report on missing kids. We find out that she may have a drinking problem. She stays in a gross motel in Wind Gap, and it is gross. Um, flashback to child Amy Adams finding a creepy shed. We don't know why. Um, then we're in the present day again. There's a small town cop, and he doesn't want to help her with her story. Um, she joins the search for the missing kid. She meets a new de- new detective, who is Chris Messina from... The Mindy Project, which was important to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of flashbacks of child Amy Adams. Um, we find out her parents have money in this otherwise, like, kind of redneck town. There's a lot of awkward tension at her parents' house. Um, so she leaves. She goes to a bar. She talks with some old friend. Then she talks with the detective some more. Um... Then she has more awkward talk with her mom in the morning about making a bad impression in the town. Um, she goes to interview the dad of the first kid who went missing like a year before. It was a little sketchy. Then they find the missing dead kid. And then she talks to her half-sister. And then we find out there was another sister who died. And then we find out she has these really sketchy scars all over her body that have like names on them it's really weird and then it's over (laughs) (laughs) um this this show felt to me like the network execs of the world heard all of the feedback from the last like five to ten years of prestige television and were like okay you're tired of dark dramas about anti-hero men so what if we did a dark drama about broken women instead? Yes. So I think this is based on a book. I think you're right. And my general feeling is that I would rather read the book than watch the show. Because mm. it was Why a little that? too it was a little too creepy for me. Yeah, and a little playing too off of much a lot of horror tropes. Yeah. And, like, it's an interesting story, and it's not that far off from, like, many podcasts, like, true crime podcasts that I've listened to. Mm. So I'm not necessarily not interested, but I think it was just a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, so the person who directed this is Jean-Marc Vallée, who did Big Little Lies, and I think his stuff is really, really, really good. So I was interested from a, like, production standpoint, Mm -hmm. but, again, it was, like, a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was, it's one of those things where it's, like, you you watch it and you're like, this is well-constructed. This is a well-constructed episode of television. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a good execution of the art form. Yes. And so I see why that works for someone. But at least for me, in this place and time in my life, it did not work. Yeah. Um, I thought their, like, depiction of the Midwest was so accurate. Yeah. (laughs) 
um, they did a good job of, like, place setting and, like, the lighting was right and the, like, grubbiness of it was right based on my time mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and also the sound mixing was really, really, really good, which is not something I notice very often. Right. But it was, like... For some reason, when I was watching it, I kept going back to the sound in particular being really interesting. So I can it's see... It's like a hard thing to get right. Yeah. And I can see why people liked it. And I want to watch more, but I also don't think I'm, like, brave enough to watch more. <laughs> it just, like, feels really grueling. Yeah. Like, it wasn't fun to watch, but I was curious at the same time. Yeah. It kind of felt like how I felt watching the first season of Mr. Robot. Mm. Where I was like, this is really good, but it's a lot. I think, like, I'm taking issue, which I know a lot of other people are, so this is not, like, a unique criticism. But I'm taking issue with, like, pacing where, like, a show lays out something for you over the course of, like, three or four episodes before the season, like, really gets its feet under itself. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just have to be invested in, like, the art form or your knowledge of the writers or your inherent sense of wonder and curiosity in order to continue going with it. Yeah. Like, it, like if there was a spectrum of, like, New Amsterdam where they're, like, <laughs> let's throw 700 plots like spaghetti against the wall – and see which one we're still using in season 10. And, like, a show like this where it's like, what if we spend the first half hour just doing cryptic shots of her weird dreams? Yeah. I could have done without the dreams, honestly. Yeah. That would have helped a lot. And I I get what they were trying to do-ish. I'm sure I would get more if I kept watching, but, like... Yeah. But that's I also the problem, don't right? know like, that I care. It's it's a type of table setting that asks you to trust it for a little while until you get to the point where what they did in the pilot or whatever episode like comes back and has value. Yeah. I would be curious like, to go back to Big Little Lies and see how that pilot was because I was I already know. invested in that story because right. I had read the book, but... I wonder if that makes a difference or not. Probably. Mm. It'd probably be worth revisiting for science. I want to, anyway, for Adam Scott's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was my second favorite. Really? Yes. Wow. I Like, I really liked it first. From a, I don't know. I'm like so torn on whether I liked it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose that you can like rank it high without personally enjoying it. Yeah, like I thought it was well made, and I had interest in the story. I just didn't care for the way that it was so creepy. <laughs> The things that it chooses to be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, had they gotten rid of the flashbacks and just kind of established it in a less mysterious way, and they weren't, like, like, you could tell 
they were trying really hard to build up to the, like, reveal that there was another sister who got killed. Right. Or who died. I don't know what the deal was. But, like, had they just established it and it was a... Less of a, like, that was not the tantalizing plot, but it was more about, like, the character interaction, that would be a little more up my alley. But... I'm going to pass probably on the rest of it and maybe read the book. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Um, next in my spreadsheet was Last Man Standing, and I just want you to know that the only note I took <laughs> was in all caps, and it says, I have more regrets than I have ever had before. <laughs> oh, no. Can you tell me anything about what it was besides what you already told so it, me? Like, was there opens... a plot? There might be. Um, it opens in, like, their living room. Mm-hmm. and there's some number of people already there and then like someone okay. knocked on the door or something like at, by the end of the cold open there's like 10 people in the room and it's like all the characters did the um, living room look like everybody loves raymond <coughs> or kind friends of. or no it was not like it was like two King and of a half the hill. men which living room was it okay <laughs> it definitely had wicked like king of the hill vibes can we do a whole episode on living rooms of sitcoms? Yes. That would be so I would, fun. I would love that. I'm writing it down. Um, so then, so there's like some number of people already in the room and they're having some conversation about this young woman who's home from college or something. She's like back home from extended time away. Is this the show that brought back the dead wife? Or brought back yes. in life or something. Okay. Something like that, yeah. Um, and then Ted Allen, like, Ted Allen? Tim Allen. Wow. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Wrong Allen. Um, I would have liked it way better if it had been Ted Allen. <laughs> um, Tim Allen enters the room with some joke about Trump's America, and the live studio audience applauds. Um, mm. And then, like, a bunch of characters just, like, filter into the room making various in-jokes that the audience returning from the show's original run would understand. But, I mean, it was a little bit like what I imagine going to, like, a high school reunion would be like. Okay. Where there's, like, a clique of people that some other group of people are already familiar with who, like, kept in touch. Mm -hmm. And so they're at the reunion making, like, inside jokes And then there's, like, people who know them who didn't keep in touch, who are, like, trying to reunite with them at the reunion. (laughs) And it's awkward. It sounds really awkward. (laughs) Like, that's how I felt. I felt like I was at the reunion and I didn't know what was happening. Mm. Which is why I don't go to high school reunions. Or, or watch Last Man Standing. Or watch Last Man Standing. And, yeah, there were just, like, a lot of um, jokes about, like, Tim Allen's political views, which I'm personally not terribly interested in. Right. Yeah. It's just not where I'm at. Okay. Um, also, lots of jokes about the working class, and it's, like, Tim Allen. Who are, oh, you, who are you kidding? Who oh, are boy. you here? Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's that. It was just, like, uncomfortable to watch, and it was way too winking. Like, I could feel them elbowing me through the TV screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it was really painful and cringy, and I hated it. 
Yeah, that sounds awful. I'm glad you spared me. Mm-hmm. I did. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, so should we go with what we watched instead? Yes. Okay. So our backup This is why we show. always pull seven. Yes. We pull a backup just in case there's access issues or <laughs> quality <laughs> or issues. just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have pulled more than seven this year, but things I happen. I know, we should have. Um, okay. So we watched Killing Eve, which everyone has been universally loving. Everyone, but it may be our down one, just downward dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here again. <laughs> We're here again. Our heroes have failed us, or we failed them. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah. So, rundown of Killing Eve. Um, there's a chick in an ice cream shop, and she sloshes ice cream on a tiny kid, and then leaves, and that's the cold open. Uh, then Sandra O oh is hungover and works at MI five. Uh, Petunia also works there, potentially. Oh, casual. Um, then there's been a murder, office style. (laughs) (laughs) Potentially murdery chick is now in Paris. Uh, then I turn her into assassin in my notes. So assassin gets a new job in Tuscany. Um, Eve and then Chidi's girlfriend interview the witness. They can't really figure out what she's saying. Uh, then they figure it out. Um, assassin hangs out at a party in Tuscany and kills an old dude. Then she's got to go kill the Vienna guy's girlfriend in London. Um, Eve thinks there's a new assassin on the run that they don't know about yet. Then they have an awkward bathroom interaction, uh, where they don't know each other is, but they see each other. Then there's been a murder again. (laughs) Um, Eve gets fired. She calls some guy a dick swab. Um, Opportunia's on the case, though, and she meets up with her after, and she's like, yes, there is a new assassin, and she's been killing in ten countries for the past two years. Bah, bah, bah. And then we find out assassin is, like, a total psycho, because she bought the same bedspread as the guy that she killed, and, like, lays it out on her bed, and it's really weird. And that's the end of the episode. Woo! Um... My only note on a personal note was, I'm not as sold as everyone else is. Yeah. Which is really my feeling here. <clears throat> I feel like the main thing is that, like, everyone kind of sold it. Like, it had more of a sense of humor. Mm. And it it's at least not the amount that I watched. It didn't feel like it. It just felt like so much. Yeah, and, like... I feel like I have a good enough sense of, like, British comedy to n- still be able to pick up on it, and it wasn't there. <laughs> right? Like, I don't think it's a cultural like I, thing. I think it's a... No. It didn't have it thing. Yeah, and so, I just like with Downward Dog, like, I want to know what it is that I didn't see in it. And, like, I... I'm not remembering if anyone said this, but I'm wondering if it's, like, a pacing issue where, again, like, you need to get four or five episodes into it before Mm. you really appreciate what it's doing or, like, what the deal is. But I just, I feel like there's something wrong with me because I didn't connect to it the way everybody else did. And I thought there was a risk of that, but I, the way everyone talked about the fact that it's, like, 
kind of fun and kind of funny, I thought there was a chance that it might work on me. Yeah. I also just feel like I've seen this type of story before. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a little bit more unique, and maybe it becomes that way. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, as original as it was made out to be from the first right, episode. Right, right, Um. Also, one of my main issues with it from the beginning, and I say this recognizing that it was adapted from um, a novella mm-hmm. or some, some other text, the um the villain's name is Villanelle, and I just really can't take any of that seriously. <laughs> Fair. It really she does a good job at, at being like real weird. Yeah, I believe that. Like, I give them that. Yeah, but it's just that's a dumb name. I also just like don't necessarily need like grisly murders for. No. Kicks. I don't. I don't know. Like, I can, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but it also is just like, meh. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to, like, jump the gun too much here because we still have one more show to cover. But I, when I was doing my research to try to narrow down the names I wanted to put in the hat, I was really trying to find, like, a variety of moods. And I feel mm. like all I ended up finding was, like, dark hour-long dramas yes i think next year's pilot palooza should have a like three 30 minutes and three hour longs like a quota yeah yeah i think so too that would help us it would unless there's like no good sitcoms next year no don't say that (laughs) all right run us through our last one Okay. Our last one was Vita. This one disappointed me. Yeah. On stars. Um, I have light notes on this one. Uh, there's a dead mom. Then their kids come back home. Mom had a quote unquote roommate. Question mark. There's a funeral at a bar that they own. Lots of awkward interaction. One of the daughters hooks up with a married dude on gross bar stairs. Um... Then they find out for sure mom was secret married to this woman. They now have to split up her stuff three ways. There's some talk about um, undocumented people living in their apartment building and how they need to protect them. Um, There's a YouTube protest chick and she gets in an argument with one of the daughters. Um, There's a development guy who wants to sell the bar for them. Uh, and then they watch home movies. <laughs> yep. And that's it. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I, I knew know, this one... Go ahead. This one from, like, the description sounded vaguely interesting, and you were excited about this one. Yeah, people have said good things about it overall as, like, a short season. I think it's only, like, six episodes. Mm. But... I I knew the premise going into it, and they didn't really do anything beyond that, so it yeah. wasn't, like, it didn't exceed my expectations in any way, and it didn't really grab me either and make me want to keep watching. But people say there, it's good. 
there are shows that are like better pilots than they are shows. Mm. And I feel like this might be a show that's like a better show than a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Because the pilot essentially just jumped in at more or less like the state and speed that like the rest of the show would have in theory. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of jump in as if you already know the characters and already have a stake in what's happening. Yeah. And I just don't. No. And there was a really good camel blazer though. There was a very, very good one. But yeah, I didn't have any, like, feeling of investment in any of the characters by the end of it. No. It was just like, meh. And it was, like, kind of dark-ish. Yeah. And kind of funny-ish, but not enough in either direction. <laughs> yep. I was, like, very meh on this meh. one. Meh, 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 meh. 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 But I think it would have potentially promise as a full series. But I don't think I'm going to give it the time either. No, I just... So, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about the shows that we watched. The actual winner of Pilot Palooza this year was Marie Kondo. And <laughs> none of these fucking shows sparked any joy. <laughs> yeah. So I had to throw them all away. <laughs> and I left Timeless and Glow stacked vertically in a box that sparked joy in a part of my closet that sparks enough joy that I might come back to it. But next year, when I con Marie that closet again, I'm probably just going to have to donate them like I did all the other fucking shows. This is beautiful. <laughs> You've won Pilot Palooza. <laughs> I accidentally went rogue and conducted my own Pilot Palooza. Oh my and god. And I watched almost all of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo instead. And we're going to get to that. We are. We're going to do a segment. So that's all I'm going to say right now. Yes. This pilot palooza did not spark joy. No. Um, do you want to give me your ranking? Sure. My ranking would be Timeless, Glow, New Amsterdam, Vita, Killing Eve, Sharp Objects. Wow. Yeah. Timeless over Glow? I think so, just because it's, like, a little bit less work. Mm. Um, and I can watch it with my child in the room, which right now is, like, a, a pretty significant <laughs> <laughs> situation. Sure, 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 sure. You know? Yep. I um, did watch my... Glow with my child, and it got extremely awkward <laughs> she doesn't know it's fine no but i know <laughs> <laughs> it's just not just not the developmental environment i would like her in at this moment you know fair you know could have been worse it could have been sharp objects <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, but I mean, like, I was watching it with her during the scene where she's fucking the married guy. And I that's, mean... like, a just a lot of a sex scene. <laughs> Not it in was a good more way than I was either. ready for, yeah. Not it in a good way. Good. It wasn't good. Yeah. It was aggressive. Yeah. It was that strong sexual content. Um... So my ranking was Glow, Sharp Objects, Killing Eve, Beta, Timeless, and New Amsterdam. Wow. Yeah. That broadcast ranked real low for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's painful to watch in the way that broadcast shows are painful to watch. Yeah. But I think, generally speaking... The broadcast cringiness brings, like, sparks joy for me in a way that it does Mm. not for you. I tried to rank it in terms of, like, actual good content versus, like, a hate watch ranking. Um, In which case that would change a little bit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because I I I think New Amsterdam and Timeless are both good from, like, a hate watch standpoint. Yeah, they're both really fun and, like, really, like, not painless because all um, network is painful, but they're, like, <laughs> it, like, hurts so good. Yeah. I would like to see both of them in a 30-minute format. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be Like, the very TLDR version would be great. That would be great. I think I would weary of New Amsterdam even as a hate watch by, like, the third episode. I would have more time for that one than Timeless. I think most network dramas um, start to wear thin for me around, like, halfway through their first season. And then some of them I can occasionally get through the second season. Like, I did make it through the second season of Revolution, which is exactly when they start busting out the bad replicas of Civil War era costumes in (laughs) These Are Modern Times. Ooh, no. Um, and so that was something. Mm. Yeah, as I mentioned, I have a much higher threshold for, like, broadcast medical dramas than yeah. broadcast, like, I don't I even know like broadcast medical dramas get, like, stuck in a loop where they're like, how many more ways can we, like, how can we help the white savior doctor <laughs> to be a white savior? Well, that's why if they're, like, like, yeah, you're on the right track. (laughs) They're, like, in a a loop, though. Like, you know, like, how it's never lupus. Like, it's just that, but for ten seasons. They have to find the right balance between, like, their disease of the week and their general audacity and romance plots. Do you suppose that's why New Amsterdam decided to come out the gate with as many plots as they could think of? Yes. I do. <laughs> so as they but, forget them along the way, it's, like, not as hard to come up with new ones? Yeah. But, like, where... I'll get bored with a network drama that's taking itself seriously. So, like, with House, that was yeah. good until until it got too formulaic and it was too much disease of the week and not enough 
gotcha. other content. And, like, you got bored of his, like, stick where he was just like, I am mean, but then I am right. Yeah, yeah. Versus, like, if you want to hate watch a network, a medical drama, it has to just go off the rails. And it has... And yeah. I, I like that little bit of, like, whatever their romance plot is going to be absurd. So yeah. that's usually good, too. But it has to just, like, go to places that it shouldn't go. <laughs> right, right, right. Read the immigration and plot of yeah. <laughs> the night shift. Yeah. Yeah. So fair. That's the balance. So I don't know which way New Amsterdam went after this pilot, but it had promise. That's for sure. Because it had everything. <laughs> Do you think they ever learned to slow down? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. That was bad. Well, if there are any shows <sighs> that you feel like we missed <laughs> in the year of our Lord, 2018, or if you would like to start populating our list of shows that are on your radar um, that are being discussed during the year 2019... Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs, or you can find us by email, HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, and we are always looking for the help with shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, if you want to help us, particularly with Pilot Palooza next year, because I think we have some lessons learned in our third yep. year. Yeah. Um, but also just the content in general, since we're hitting the dry season. You can find us there. We've got plans. We have We've a- got Marie Kondo. It's fine. <laughs> we do have Marie Kondo. We have some joy that has been sparked. And Hallmark Winter Princess. All I'm right. I'm so excited for off-season Hallmark. We've been wanting to do that for years. Anyway. I know. Um, <laughs> we also have a website, heywatchwithus.com, where you can find the winners of the really fucking good, no, television award yep. show for nice people only. That was correct. Um yep. <laughs> And some other stuff, too. Uh, coming up in this, the year 2019, will be Game of Thrones. So go to mm. our website to look at the Game of Thrones Fantasy League, because that will be coming back in the spring. Yep. Um, Begrudgingly, like, we're, like, not thrilled. <laughs> no, but it, then it'll be over, and it'll just be done, and it'll be done. I sent Kirsty a calendar invite for when this will all be over. It's my favorite. Our long national nightmare is finally over is the exact title. And we hadn't even been talking on Slack in like the last hour or two before I received it. So I just like opened my email and there's a calendar invite that literally just says our long national nightmare is over. And I didn't even see who it was from for like a solid minute because I was like, what is happening? It just hit me all at once that we've never addressed it and that I named it that. <laughs> That's true. We never talked about it after. I just accepted it. It was funny though, because I opened it and I took a beat and I was like, what could this be? <laughs> dot, 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 dot. And then I was like, Kelsey sent it to me. It's Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh my god, that was really funny. It was the fastest I've ever connected (laughs) the dots on a mystery. If you would like to be added to our calendar invite, just let us know. (laughs) 
have time, if you like what we do, to enter us into the Sam Hewitt Charity CrossFit Contest, the deadline has been extended into February. This is very important. Um, it is very important. We've submitted can, ourselves already. We, got, we have. So now it's your turn. <laughs> the link this to together. the Sam Hewitt Charity CrossFit <laughs> Contest is in this episode description and the episode description of our last several episodes. So please thank us for all of our hard work by giving us an opportunity to meet Sam Hewen. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us about yes. the Thought Bubble Audio Network? <laughs> okay, yes, we are a part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. You can find them at thoughtbubbleaudio.com or thoughtbubblefm on Twitter. They have a lot of great shows like Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind. Supergirl TV Talk and Loud Women. So you should check them out and donate to their Patreon if you can. Yeah. And I think that's a wrap on Pilot Palooza. That's it. Happy Pilot Palooza, everybody. <laughs> I hope your Pilot and, uh, Palooza was better than ours. <laughs> I hope your Pilot Palooza was better than ours. <laughs> Please tell me you saw better pilots this year than we did. I know. And, uh,. We'll be back with regularly scheduled content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> See, See you next, next time. time. <laughs> Bye. Damn it. The fuck? <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. this one that's why i tossed you <laughs> let me just hand over this giant bag of dicks oh my god i'm crying <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i can do this